the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Ferrario, he's Tanner Hendrickson, and I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESP. And the Cardinals have won 16 straight games, the third longest regular season winning streak in the month of September. Since 1900, the only teams that have done better were the 1916 Giants with 26 straight games, the 1935 Pirates with 21 straight wins. It's been a hell of a month of September for the Cardinals, and right now we're breaking it all down with the Cardinals insider for the Athletic. She is Katie Wu joining us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Katie, it's been an unbelievable last couple of weeks in particular covering this team. How are you doing today? Well, I'm, I'm great, guys. Are you guys just as, as like stunned and at a loss for words as I am over what's transpired over the last two and a half weeks? I mean, it is remarkable how this month has transpired in, in so many ways, but just especially over the last week, how the Cardinals keep finding ways to win has just, you know, left me, someone who comes up with words for a living, at a loss for them. I don't even know what to say at this point. You know, Katie, I think what stuns me, a couple of things. One is the fact that I, I turn the game on now, games on now and I feel as if they're going to win. Like, I don't have to watch the game all the way through because I know they're going to find a way to win. But two, what really stuns me is how fast they have turned this around. I mean, it's taken two weeks to become a team that everyone now is picking for a dark horse to win a, a World Series this year. It's, it's stunning, right? And, you know, it goes back to when the Reds were in town, right, at Bush Stadium, and Nolan Arenado hit that go-ahead home run in the eighth inning. And after, Miles Michaelis, who started that game, sat down in his Zoom conference setting. And I remember, you know, he was saying a lot of things, and one sentence that really stood out to me, in fact, I used it in a headline, was, a win like this can really get us going. He said that. And since he said that, they, the Cardinals just haven't lost. Um, it's, it's gotten to the point where, even if it's a slower game like yesterday, I won't even start writing until the eighth inning because that's usually when they start making some sort of improbable, crazy, unexplainable kind of run, and, and they do. It's, it's, again, just at a loss for words sometimes. I think that's what's most incredible to me, Katie, is I just assume they're going to win. And I don't know how they're going to do it. And we've seen it in every possible way. Like, we've seen them come back in wins. We've seen them get ahead early and then tack on late. We've seen them have great starting pitching. We saw them on Friday in the second game or first game of the doubleheader, whichever one it was, second game of the doubleheader with Jack Flaherty starting, get one out from their starter and then have to go to the bullpen with Dakota Hudson being in the big leagues for the first time in more than a year. 
I mean, it's been everything. The defense, the offense. We saw one of the strangest double plays I've ever seen. We saw an (laughs) infield fly that was called incorrectly. Like everything has happened in this 16 game stretch. And I think that's what's maybe most impressive to me is now I just assume they're going to win without knowing exactly how it's going to happen. No, I think that's a fantastic point, right? This is a team that we've seen it in flashes, and we've talked about this all season long. Their components were all solid, right? They're a fantastic defensive team. They have the offensive potential. Their starting pitching could be good if everyone was healthy. Their base running has always been excellent. I mean, they've won games in this stretch and in the season just based on aggressively smart base running. But they, and we talked about this so many times, hadn't been able to put all those pieces together. And to their credit, all year long, they've said, but we will. We're going to go on a run. It's going to work. And, you know, everyone is like, yeah, everyone says that. It doesn't look good for the postseason, but you have to say that at this point. And turns out the joke's on, the joke's on everybody else because they have combined all the facets of their game together. Everything is clicking. Everyone's contributing. It's a different hero each game. And I think, you know, that does wonders for continuing streaks like this and continuing carrying momentum into the postseason is when you know every single person from your starters to your bench to your starters to your relievers like, can contribute and have. That's, that's just, I think, been the most remarkable thing over this stretch. Katie, i got to be honest with you, and I'm sure BK would agree with me here. When Edmundo Sosa left that game, I, I kind of thought that the magic was about to run out because he has been such an integral part to this team throughout this stretch run. What were your thoughts when he went out, and kind of where are you right now with his injury? You know, I think there's... A- what Amunda Sosa has been able to do, especially in the second half, he's been such a great storyline. He's a huge catalyst for energy of the club. But I've always said there is room for both Sosa and Paul DeYoung on a winning starting nine. And having Paul get some starting, t- some starting time at Wrigley, a place where he has played pretty well consistently this year, I thought was wonderful. You look at his body language after that home run in the ninth inning. That's the guy who's really excited, who's really bought in. It's been a tough year for Paul DeYoung, especially emotionally and mentally. I mean, he's been very honest about it. Talked about it for a long time in a piece I did earlier in the month about what it was like to lose the starting job and how he's been behind Sosa and rooting for him while still trusting in his abilities to to perform and turn it around. So while the Cardinals certainly would like Sosa back as soon as possible, death never hurts. You know, I think that what Paul DeYoung has been able to do in Sosa's limited absence has been notable as well. I, You know, you want Sosa back in there. He's electric. He finds ways to get on base. He's not just one aspect where Paul DeYoung has been pretty power-reliant lately this year. But I've always said there's room for both. Both bring different elements to this team. And for a team like we just talked about, like the Cardinals, that rely on everything to be clicking, you know, I think it certainly helps to have both. Katie, what have you... What have you learned about the Cardinals' approach offensively this month? We're talking to Katie Wu, the Cardinals insider uh, for The Athletic, joining us here on 101 ESPN. They have 47 home runs this month. It's the most by any Cardinals team in the month of September in franchise history. What do you make of this? Because we were about midway through the year, and you know this as well as anybody, most of the calls that we were getting were for Jeff Albert's job. And now we don't hear a whole lot about Jeff Albert from the listeners any longer. Did something change or are guys just hitting now? What, what, what's, what's going on with the offense? So this is a, a fantastic question and something I could go on and on about. Um, but really it goes down. I'll try to keep it as simple as the Cardinals approaches. All year long it's been, you know, find a pitch you like, hit it hard. That's, it's oversimplified and you're, you think like that's the hitting philosophy that a Major League Baseball team is, is using, like that's it. 
But it's true. And when you look at the numbers, the Cardinals have always been big, and Jeff Albert has always been big on expected numbers. Because, you know, just the numbers behind it, the statistics behind it, you know, they've been super high on expected slugging percentage all year. Their expected average has been one of the tops in the league all year. And for the first half, they just weren't getting their expected value. Now, that can be really hard to keep up when you're like, okay, the results say I should have something. The math says I should have something, and I don't. I'm doing everything right. The expected values are here. Yes, baseball is a results-oriented game, but when do I change my approach, and when do I just can it completely because I'm not getting the numbers that I want? And that's what you saw in June when players were getting frustrated and they were kind of straying away from the approach that the Cardinals believe would get them results. And we all remember Tommy Edmonds' quotes to the media after that one loss to Pittsburgh where he says, you know, I think we've gotten away from our approach a little bit. Well, since then, and this is detailed in July in The Athletic, and I'm working on something now to see where they've been in the past two months since then, they recommitted to their offensive approach. They recommitted to pitch selection. They recommitted to just hitting the ball hard and trusting the results would come. And they have. I, I think two guys that really highlight this, you know, besides the obvious and, and Paul Goldschmidt and Noel Arnado, who have been Paul Goldschmidt's second half has just been lights out. You know, if, if the NL didn't have Fernando Tatis Jr. and Bryce Harper and Juan Soto, I think Paul Goldschmidt gets a little bit of MVP consideration here. But two guys that I think have really benefited from this offensive approach and staying patient with it and trusting the expected values would turn up into actual results have been Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader. These guys, there's no question, they've been prized for their defense. The Cardinals believe they could be 100% complete total players if they could fine-tune their offense a little bit. And these look like two guys that have taken that approach to heart. I mean, you look at what Tyler O'Neill has done in September. He's hitting 310 with an OPS over 1,000. Harrison Bader, somehow even better, 359 with an OPS of 1.055. These are guys that we've documented their offensive struggles, right? Harrison Bader has been very honest and what he did in the offseason and trying to improve on breaking balls and, and being more successful against them. But the numbers early on didn't reflect that either of them had made those changes consistently. But they stuck with that approach. They trusted the expected values that Jeff Albert really prioritizes. And now you're seeing what happens with some patience here. Katie, on the pitching side, we saw Jack Flaherty and Dakota Hudson both kind of debut after a rough season for both of them. Uh, not so much your thoughts on their performance, but what are your expectations of their use for the rest of this season and in the playoffs? So the Cardinals have they have to play this fine line, right? Because it's not like they don't have high hopes for Jack Flaherty and Dakota Hudson going into 2022. These are two guys that figure to be not just like, a lock in the rotation, but a lock in the higher part of the rotation. I mean, everyone knows that Jack is their dynamic ace, and they need him next year. Dakota, obviously, they're going to proceed with caution because he's just coming back from Tommy John surgery remarkably less than a year after undergoing the surgery. I've said it before with you guys. I'll say it again. Having Jack and Dakota back in any limited capacity is a good sign, but they have to balance this line of how can we use them strategically for right now as they prepare for a postseason race in which they are suddenly – a dark horse favorite wouldn't have been able to say that in July. I don't, I can't even believe we're saying it now. Right. Hmm. And, and their use for next year when they've said all along 2022 is the blueprint for when things are all supposed to get, come together from the contracts, from the free agents, from the farm system. How do we balance that? So it's a very fluid situation. There's a reason the Cardinals haven't announced their starter for Thursday yet. Jack has only built up to around 20, 25 pitches. Dakota has been stretched out to start, but again, it's about balancing those two. Right now, they look to be used in a tandem that can change. Um, the Cardinals have strategically stayed away from openers over the last few seasons, but 
that might be a role that we see Jack in more a little bit as he tries to build up or just get some consistency or just contribute in the way that he can. And Dakota, you know, looks really good in that second game against the Cubs, pitching for the first time in, in over a year in the big league. So I think what we can expect from Jack and Dakota is to proceed cautiously. Neither of them are going to be used in their conventional ways as a starter, but this allows the Cardinals to have a little bit of flexibility, which they have not had all year long with their starting pitching and seeing where they can slot them in with guys like John Lester and Jay Happ and Miles Michaelis uh, coming together behind Adam Wainwright and really fortifying that rotation. Final question that I have for Katie Wu of The Athletic joining us here on 101 ESPN. Follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Katie, kind of a two-part question here. One, what do you know about John Lester's status for this week, and do you think that he's going to be okay to make his next start? And as a little bit of a follow-up on that, they do have a 16-game winning streak going on, and they have a chance tomorrow to officially clinch in the postseason. How do you think clinching will change their approach to this winning streak down the stretch? I know it might sound like an odd question, but I do wonder if they care about this winning streak uh, as much as they do, just making sure that everything lines up for the playoffs. That's a fair question, I think. And and I'm sure a lot of people have that same question. Um, We'll start, let's start with Lester. You know, obviously he was battling some things in the, in the game against the Cubs. He has fastball velocity was down a little bit. There is some concern about John Lester, um, but not to the point where the team is, is not thinking that they're going to have to replace him at any point. You know, maybe this is just a rest situation. It brings up a good point. If they clinch on Tuesday with Adam Wainwright on the mound, couldn't, seriously, couldn't script a better, better way to clinch mm-hmm. it if you ask me. <laughs> right? Then it, they have some flexibility because, in a way, the pressure is off. They can rest their guys. They can rest Adam. They can rest Lester, who might need it. You have Jake Woodford available. You have Kwon Young Kim if you absolutely need him. So that can, if you want to do a long-term bullpen game or see if he can spot start. So, you know, the priority, of course, is making the postseason and getting ready for a one-game winner-take-all when you need all of your weapons. They still obviously are really high on this streak. I mean, this is historic. And for something that is for history, which is so prized in this Cardinals organization, you know, no one is taking that lightly. But st- strategy definitely comes into play when you prepare to, to face on one of the two best teams in baseball and the Giants or Dodgers in a one game winner take all scenario, you want your, your top 25 players to be healthy. So, you know, it really just depends. I think uh, a lot of things will rely on how Lester feels, what, how Jack feels, how Dakota feels as they play the last six, six days of the season, but they have to win first, right? We can't as much as they're so close. I think their, their probability in, in clinching the postseason birth is now 99.9%. Mm-hmm. Until they get that 1% and make it officially happen, I don't think they'll give any concern until they actually do that. She's Katie Wu. She's been documenting this winning streak over at The Athletic. Be sure to subscribe over there to read all of her fantastic work. You can also find her on Twitter. She is at Katie J. Wu. Katie, we always appreciate the time. We're looking forward to talking with you again next week, hopefully as we're talking about a team that's about to play in the wild card round against the Dodgers or the Giants. You said it, guys. We'll either be from L.A. or San Francisco, but I can't wait to get back to you. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.